Welcome to another episode of NFL Draft Preview. Ethan Greenberg, Dane Brugler, April 4th we're recording this, which means it is officially the month of the 2023 NFL Draft, less than a month away, April 27th to 29th in Kansas City. Before This is what we're going to do on this episode. We're going to use this as an opportunity to kind of reset where we are. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks, who could be available at 13 for the Jets, and We'll see where the wind blows from there, Dane, but I have a very important question for you that's not draft-related, not football draft-related. The draft is in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Kansas City known for barbecue food. You, a fan of barbecue food, have Mm -hmm. you been to Kansas City barbecue or had it before? I have not. I I, I was only in KC once. Didn't have a chance to uh, try the local cuisine, but I will be going to the draft this year. Um, uh, We'll be doing our live show down there. Uh, so I'm excited to try it. Uh, I've already okay. a lot of a lot of recommendations from people about where the best place to go is. So you know, just it's always interesting the different regions of the country and how their barbecue differs just a little bit. And so I know Casey's they're really well known for their burnt ends. So I'm excited to try those. So, what's been the most consistent recommendation from all your sources, who could be family, friends, or legitimate NFL sources? <laughs> well, I, I, honestly, I've just I've got a running list um, I, uh, of, of all these different places. And, and so I've got to do some homework on my own to figure out, OK, because okay. I'm not I'm not a big sauce guy. I, I, I don't in my opinion, true barbecue and you don't use sauce. And that's just that's just my opinion. Um, okay. it, it, so I, I you know want to do some research on some of these places when uh, I get the beast done, the beast. We're in the final stages of that. So we're almost almost ready to put that to bed. Then I can shift my, my thinking elsewhere. Um, but I don't, have you been to KC? Have you tried their barbecue? I have not been to Kansas city and tried their huh. barbecue. Have you ever heard of the website gold belly? No. So gold belly is a website where you can essentially purchase. For example, like Joe's barbecue in Kansas city, which is one of the most popular places is available on gold, gold belly. So mm. for the super bowl, a couple of years ago, my dad had a gold belly gift card. We ordered from gold belly mm. or from Joe's via gold belly and got things shipped to us that were like pre-cooked. You warmed them up in like a boiling pot of water in vacuum sealed mm. containers. And so you put like, for example, the burn ends, which were fantastic. We did have those. You drop them in, you heat it up for a couple minutes and then it's hot. The whole thing's warm. And then you just cut it open, put it on your plate and there you go. So I've not been to Kansas city. I've had Joe's barbecue, but I don't feel like it really counts. Like I wouldn't check it off a list if I had one. So I feel like I still need to go. I still want to experience it, but I can tell you that as far as, shipped barbecue food goes it's pretty darn good but i've also now i'm not experienced in shipped barbecue food uh, shipped barbecue sounds better than no barbecue so uh yeah, yeah that's a good point <laughs> that, that the best good. barbecue food i've ever had in my life comes from terry blacks in austin texas oh yeah that's that's my uh my brother lives in austin and for christmas uh yeah he he was in town and he, he got me brought me two pounds of brisket back from from austin and Best Christmas gift I got this year, by far. Uh, <laughs> I, that was uh, it. it made, and he drove, so it, it was frozen the whole time. Made the trip, wow. and so it, it was. Uh, yeah, like I said, the best Christmas gift I got this year. All right. Well, that is a nice little warm up before we dive into the meat and potatoes here. No, somewhat barbecue pun intended. 
I want to use this as a reset to talk about the draft and where the Jets stand at 13. So I think it's just natural, even though the Jets aren't in the market for one of the rookie-to-be quarterbacks, I think it's important to talk about them because we talked about them last just as prospects. The Combine's happened since. Pro days have happened. So where do you stand on your 1-4, to four, and do you think that these are all going to be top 10 picks? It'll be really interesting because, you know, we've never seen four quarterbacks go in the top seven picks of a draft before. It's never happened. Um, now, we've had four go top ten. That happened just a couple years ago, 2018. Uh, that was the Baker, Darnold, uh, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen draft. Could we see four in the top seven? Um, it, 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 that's the, kind of the, the intrigue with this group. I think there's an overwhelming uh, chance we see quarterbacks go one, two, and then – where do quarterbacks three and four go? It, it, you know, Indy sitting there at four. Does someone trade up to three in Arizona? Seattle's at five. The Lions at six. Um, you've got the, the Raiders at seven. They've been poking around on these quarterbacks. So a lot of intrigue on picks three through seven about which quarterbacks are going to go in that range. Um, and, you know, we're, we're going to see, see some movement with teams uh, moving around. Um, for me personally, my top quarterback, uh, he's been the top quarterback since the season. I mean, it hasn't changed. It's Bryce Young um, and, and from Alabama. I, I had, you know, talking to one GM in the NFL, he literally said, this is a quote, genius level uh, in terms of the board work. Mm. The only concern they have is the size. That's it. And it's, it's, it's a, it, his size is a glaring issue. There's no, there's no way around it. We've never seen a, a quarterback his size come in and, and lead an NFL team to success, uh, you know, being five, ten and a half. Uh, no matter what he weighed at the combine, he's going to play around 190. So, uh, you know, we, it, it's a complete outlier. But in terms of uh, his uh, the way he sees the field, his just natural instincts, his processing, his accuracy, it's just all off the charts. Uh, the character, the intangibles is amazing. So, you know, it, it, there's so many things that point you in the direction of Bryce Young if you can get by and accept the size. And I can understand why some will and some won't. For me, Bryce Young's the top quarterback in this class. C.J. Stroud right behind him. Uh, you know, what he put on tape in that Georgia game, um, I, I'm still, you know, that that was, uh, it answered a lot of questions for me. Um, or at least gave me optimism. It's one game and, you know, it's, it's body work, body of work over, uh, you know, just one game, one tape. But it was the biggest stage of his career and the best defense he's probably ever faced. And for him to go out there and show a little bit of uh, the, that ability to create and be off schedule and negotiate the pass rush gives me a lot of optimism. So C.J. Stroud, number two, I, I really like his floor as a player. Um, he also has a high ceiling, too. But uh, three and four, that's where it gets interesting with Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Personally, I have Levis, then Richardson. Um, I, I, Anthony Richardson's such a we've never seen a, a, a talent like this before being as big as he is as athletic as he is, as fast as he is, the arm strength is elite. Um, and, and I'm not throwing that word around loosely. It's truly an elite arm in terms of velocity and arm strength, but the accuracy is just very up and down. And I, I could, I could cut up 10 best plays, show it to, to, to you. And he looks like an accurate quarterback, but it's all the other plays in between that make, that gives you pause. Um, and he's a very inexperienced quarterback. He has under 400 pass attempts in college. So with more seasoning, more uh, time to you know get some of that, that repetition, that muscle memory, um, understanding where to go with the football, how much better will he get with that accuracy and ball placement? That's the question. Will Levis, uh, to me, is at number three. So it's, you know, uh, 
you talk to people around the league, you get different orders, how that one, two, three, four goes, um, which it's really going to set up for a fun uh, top 10 of the draft this year when we don't even know who's going to go number one. The Panthers moved up to number one. They're going to take a quarterback. But which one? We know they traded up with a quarterback in mind. Did anything happen these last few uh, few weeks when they've been whining and dining with these guys that maybe changed their opinion? Uh, time will tell. Well, how much can change, let's say, your opinion or evaluators' opinions between where we are now, where the pro days and the workouts are behind us, and the draft is the only thing ahead? Like, how much, how much uh, jostling is there on big boards, on your top 100 between just in the month of April? In the month of April, not. I mean, the, the hay's in the barn at this point. Um, yeah. No, I, I, the month of March definitely there, there's some because you're you're looking at all the pro day data. Um, you know, you're you have expectations for guys that didn't work out at the combine or weren't invited to the combine and seeing how they tested. Uh, but also, it's a, it's a time to catch up on tape that you maybe have a chance to get to during the season. So for me, there is uh, you know a little bit of fluctuation here and there, not a ton, but a, a little bit as you know because I think it's. You know, you want to believe you want to be, you know, very steadfast in what you see on tape. But at the same time, you don't want to be stubborn. You don't want to make excuses. You want to keep an open mind to new information, new evidence. Um, you know, it's kind of like a, a police detective who gets focused in on, OK, this is our culprit. This is the guy. This is, we're going after him. And then there, maybe there's some new evidence. No, I'm not going to No, we have our guy. No, it, it's the same thing when you look at a player where, uh, you know, you see something new. There's there's new piece of evidence and you have to be open to that. You have to. OK. How does this puzzle piece fit? Uh, does this change our forecast for what he's going to be at the next level? Does he, uh, you know, does this maybe answer some of the questions that I had? So, yeah, the month of March, there's a lot of that information coming in. And it's a matter of taking all this information flying at you, putting it together, focusing and understanding what, you know, what it truly means functionally on the field. So with the four quarterbacks going, let's say, Definitely in the top 10 in this scenario. Just thinking about the Jets at 13, mm -hmm. that's four guys that the Jets aren't really in the market for. Then you think of guys who are other top seven picks. Jalen Carter, as of now, seems like he's legally in legally checked out for now, and he's still in that top 10 range. Tyree Wilson, yeah. Will Anderson, that's another three right there. So now you're talking about seven guys. And the Jets at 13, that would mean six other players potentially could be a New York Jet. When you look at mock drafts, different people obviously think different things. Offensive tackle seems to be uh, a fit for the Jets in the mock draft circuit for sure. Who are some players maybe that aren't offensive tackles that you think could be available at 13 and might be a legitimate option for the Jets? Yeah, and I... Just as an aside, I was talking to a team this week because uh, they were doing a lot of a lot of digging on Jalen Carter and just you know making sure they were comfortable with their eval. And I was like, oh, because uh, this team is picking in the twenties. I said, oh, so you know maybe a trade up situation. That no, I think it's possible, but they could, he could actually slide to us. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh. So I like you never know with a, a player like this who's so supremely gifted, but there are major question marks off the field. You know, it's not every team's going to be comfortable with that. Um, you know, I, I think there's a good chance he still goes top 10, but I, I think that we have to be ready for uh, a slide if it happens on, on draft day. Um, you know, I, I mean, looking at the top of this draft, I think there's a couple corners that are, you know, really telling. I know, you know, obviously this, the Jets just went corner in the top five last year uh, and, you know, it paid off uh, really well. And the corner is not a need. 
Um, but it's one of those positions where maybe you're, you know, you look at, you're probably not going to draft uh, in the top 15, but you, you know, you, maybe you hope they go before you draft. It's going to push another good player down to you. Um, you know, Devin Witherspoon, who's working out this week because he wasn't able to work out the combine or the pro day. Um, Christian Gonzalez is one of my favorite players in this draft. Um, uh, very high on him. Um, and then the other player I think you hope goes in front of you if you're the Jets is Bijan Robinson, who, you know, because it, Obviously, you know, with Brees Hall in the mix, even, even coming off the injury, uh, you know, Bijan Robinson probably not going to be an option for this team. So you hope he goes in front of you for to push another good player down. Um, and, and so at this point, you know, we're looking at, you know, okay, who didn't we mention? Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. Um, you know, is he in that mix? Nolan Smith uh, from Georgia. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, hey, Brian Branch is still one of my favorite players in this draft. I don't think he's going to go top 15, top 18, but uh, still one of my favorite players in this draft. Um, and then, you know, this is where we start talking about receivers too. Do we see any receivers go in the top 15, whether it's Jackson Smith and Jigba or Jordan Addison, um, any of these tight ends, uh, do they go that high? Uh, could Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer uh, get up that high? I, I'd be surprised, but, you know, I can understand why a team would come to that conclusion. So It'll be really interesting with, with the Jets sitting where they are. Um, you know, again, you're hoping that that running back comes off the board. You hope four quarterbacks come off the board. Um, if one of those four quarterbacks does slip a little bit, where it's almost like uh, Justin Fields a couple, you know, a couple years ago where he fell out of the top ten, it's like, okay, well, where where is he going to go? And it, it was the Bears that ended up trading up for him. That's what could happen this year with, uh, just say it's Will Levis. If he falls out of the top ten, where where's he gonna end up? You know, could the Bucks uh, trade up? You know, they're in the, the post Tom Brady era. Um, is that their answer to their quarterback question long term? Is to trade up for a guy like that, or you know, the Vikings possibly? Um, you know, preparing for life after Kirk Cousins. I'd be surprised if the Vikings did that. But uh, it, it's one of those teams that's you know could be could be at least examining that possibility. Or you know, look at the Seahawks if they pass on a quarterback at five. They've got that second first round pick at, at 20 that they can maybe play around with and still maybe get a quarterback. So if, if one of these quarterbacks were to fall, um, it, there's no clear, oh, well, he's not going to fall past. If he gets out of the top 10, he won't fall past this number. Uh, it, it, it becomes really interesting um, with uh, where he could end up. You know, I just realized that we have not actually broken down or analyzed the Jets trading Elijah Moore for pick number 42 or Elijah Moore in a third round pick for 42. So the Jets landscape has changed. We did the seven round mock yep. draft. We selected two second round picks with Keanu Benton and John Michael Schmitz, but we've not actually talked about it from your perspective. Now that the Jets have 13, 42 and 43, what kind of flexibility do you think that they have knowing that Joe Douglas has shown ability to go in either direction? Obviously, you want options on draft night. Like, that's all from listening to Joe Douglas talk. I feel like all anyone wants is options. So, you, you want to go up, you got the ammunition to do it. You can always trade back. So, when you heard about the trade, like, what was your initial reaction about the way that the Jets draft capital has solidified itself in the first three rounds now even though they have three picks they just come all in the top 43 right and obviously we'll have to wait and see you know which of those three picks do they still have on draft night you know obviously that'll could be some movement there um <clears throat> in terms of what, what what picks they still hold on to uh so that that that's in obviously the first part of this um and you know if, if 
does their thinking change at all with that without having Elijah Moore on this roster anymore uh, in terms of maybe addressing the wide receiver position? Uh, they still have plenty of wide receivers on this roster, and they could go out and, you know, there's plenty of veterans out there, veteran options. So it's not like wide receivers all of a sudden, uh, you know, a top two to three need on this team. But if the right guy were to, to be there, could they be tempted to go in that position or go in that direction, uh, you know, especially in the second round? I, I don't think they do it at 13. But if you know they've got a high grade on a Josh Downs from North Carolina, could they go in that direction you know, uh, in the in the second round uh, at that point where you're just adding a, an NFL ready slot weapon to your team? Um, it's going to make that offense even better. So. I don't, I don't know that it changes all that much in terms of the way they're going to attack this draft, but wide receiver becomes much more of a possibility now that Elijah Moore is not on the roster. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see the way the draft shapes up because another thing that no one really talks about is could the Jets trade down from 13? Granted, any team sure. can trade out of any spot. And, like, why would – why would someone project a, ra- a trade with the Jets at 13 unless, for example, a quarterback were yeah. available? Like, like if to use your example, if Will Levis right. is available at 13, I could see someone trying to trade up. Like maybe a team like Seattle, to your mm-hmm. point, maybe wants to trade up seven spots, make sure they try they get their guy. Maybe the Jets trade back if they do in this scenario. Hypothetically speaking, trade back to mid-teens, you know, early 20s. What do you think the drop-off is like in terms of available options for the Jets at at those two spots? Well, and, you know, we don't know how many first-round grades the Jets have in this draft. Um, just generally speaking, you know, you have anywhere between 15 and 20 first-round grades every year. So I think there's at least a, a chance that you're trading away from your first-round players. Now, I, I think there's it's more likely at least one of your first-rounders, your first-rounded graded players will be there. But that doesn't, it's no guarantee that maybe that's the position you want to address in the first round. So I think if you do move back, um, I, I, I think that'd be a smart move, especially if, you know, if you're moving up, if you're moving back uh, seven spots, let's say it is Seattle, you know, you're picking up uh, probably two, uh, probably two extra day two picks. Um, you know, maybe that's a, it's a two this year, a three next year, whatever it ends up being in that type of deal. I, you, you, I think you do that every time and you still feel good about who you're getting at 20, whether that could be a, uh, a Brian branch or could be, you know, do, do which one of those offensive tackles are still there. Um, you know, Darnell Wright from Tennessee, is he more of an option there in, at number 20 now? Um, you know, I, the defensive line could still be a factor with a uh, Kalijah Cansey from Pitt or uh, Miles Murphy from Clemson. So yeah, moving back definitely broadens the pool of potential uh, prospects that you would, you would go with at that point. Uh, so I, I think that would make sense. And if you're, yeah, if you're the jets, I think you're hoping your phone ends up ringing on draft night. We were talking about the top rated quarterbacks of this class, the first yeah. round picks, the potential top 10 picks, but Something we haven't discussed yet is potential developmental quarterbacks. And the way the Jets' rosters stacked up right now, Zach Wilson said to be the number two overall pick. Robert Sala talked about it in Arizona at the NFL Annual League meeting, as did Joe Douglas and CEO and Chairman Woody Johnson, about what it's like when a guy like Aaron Rodgers says that they want to play for your team and how far this team has come. So you're looking at those two guys as options for the Jets and then the Jets 
have Chris Strebler on the team as well, but in training camp, they've typically had four players. They've typically carried three. Mike White, a Miami Dolphin. Joe Flacco on the market right now. Both of those guys were on the roster last year. So if the Jets decided to add an arm to develop into a backup down the road, I mean, not too dissimilar, I, I would say, to the trajectory of, let's say, Mike White. Fifth-round right. pick of the Cowboys in 2018, I believe it was, and then lands up being a Jets backup for a couple of years. Who are guys that you point to that could be in that mold for the 2023 draft? Uh, I'm a big fan of Jake Hayner uh, from Fresno State. Um, you know, the size isn't going to wow you. He's under six foot, uh, 5'11 and a half. He, he's 210 pounds. Um, the medicals have to check out. Uh, he, you know, he, he's been beat up over his career. So as long as the medicals are, are signed off on, uh, I, I'm going to uh, love to add this guy to my quarterback room. Very efficient with the way he reads the field. Um, above average timing, accuracy. He's got a great feel for um, coverage spacing and just trusting his receivers to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, buying time with his feet. He's very instinctive in the pocket. So it, it, he's a guy that doesn't have the premium size. The arm strength is average. But where he wins, it's kind of like the Bryce Young conversation where, you know, the, the physical traits are maybe maybe just average, but it's the, the passing anticipation. It's the accuracy. It's the competitive toughness. He's going to keep plays alive. Um, and it, he's a very resourceful player. So I want him in my locker room. I want him in my quarterback room. I want him uh, to be my spot starter if I need it. If my starter goes down, I feel comfortable with him coming in and keeping my team competitive. So uh, Jake Hayner, is, again, as long as the medicals are good, he'd be a guy in the mid rounds that I'd be targeting to come in and have a have a, have a, a career similar to, if not better than like a Tyler uh, Taylor Heineke, um, hmm. you know, who has uh, you know wasn't really thought of much coming out of old dominion and he's surpassed expectations and been exactly that a spot starter. I think Jake Hayner could be that type of player. All right. I love that. Who are other players that are day three developmental prospects, regardless of position that are on your short list of, I really like this guy and I think he can develop into something that he was like, he could outplay where he was drafted. Um, you know, I, I think uh, pass rusher, we have a few of those guys this year. Um, Lonnie, uh, Lonnie Phelps uh, from Kansas, he's he's explosive. He can get after the quarterback. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that won't go until day three, but I would love to add him to my rotation and uh, just wind him up, set him loose. Uh, and I, I think there's more to him than just what we've seen. Um, you know, Kansas isn't a program known for producing these guys, uh, but he's actually a transfer. He's from the Mac played the Miami of Ohio. Then in, uh, went to Kansas. He's a good player. Um, I really like him. Um, Eastern Michigan has a guard city. Sal, uh, a Canadian uh, who is still learning and getting better. Um, but what he is right now is a really good run, the run blocker. Um, and you know, you can throw on the Arizona state tape. You can throw on, uh, you know, any of his Mac tapes and you're, you're seeing a guy that really dominates the guy in front of him, strong hands, functional movements. Um, you know, he, and he's a guy that in high school, before he was doing football, he was weightlifting, you know, that, that was, just, that was a sport that he was doing in high school. So, um, and, and growing up, so city Sal, if you're looking for that, you know, day three mid round guard that you can bring in and uh, develop, maybe be a, a swing guard for you. I, I Sal would make a lot of sense. All right. Love it. This is how we're going to end this episode, which has been like, I guess I'll call it our draft reset episode. It's kind of a fun question. I asked you in the beginning of our first episode of the 
of the season, I guess you would call it, which is really in the offseason. But regardless, I asked you about your favorite names mm-hmm. in the NFL draft. You said, you know, you know what? Get back to me. I'll have some answers for you. The Beast comes out next week, okay? Yeah. So I would imagine that your pool of names to pull from is probably pretty deep at this point. Who are some of the names that are just a part of your all-name team? So, I mean, most people know about, um, you know, Bumper Pool from Arkansas. Um, you know, he's a well-known guy. Le- he legally changed his name to Bumper when he was 16 years old. I guess 16 is the age where you can do that. Um, the moment he turned 16, okay, I'm Bumper. And legally, what, what was his name it. before Bumper, though? James, I believe. Um, James. James yeah. Pool turned into Bumper Pool? Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah hey that's that's awesome um so i I'm, I'm staying off like the the normal radar of you know names that people know of um this is totally off the radar guys that are in this draft who are you know have been scouted by nfl teams um two guys really stand out first one's a corner from colorado mesa uh his name and is a corner scrappy norman uh it's <laughs> It's kind of like, like, <laughs> like a Sauce Gardner, great corner name. Scrappy Norman, maybe even a better corner name. Um, that that's just uh, it really fits him well. Uh, and then the, this might be my favorite one. Uh, he's a tackle from Jacksonville State. Uh, his first name is Ye Majesty. Uh, y E apostrophe Majesty Sanders. So Ye Majesty Sanders. Uh, that that <laughs> that might be the best name this year in this year's draft class. Don't, first of all, incredible homework. Round of applause. <laughs> round of applause. Jacksonville State and Colorado Mason. Is that what you said? Mesa. Yeah. Mesa. Colorado Mesa. Oh, my right. God. Yes. So, Your Majesty Sanders, is that's got to be on the short list of best names that you've come across in your profession, right? Oh yeah, I mean that's 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 got to be on the you know Mount Rushmore of uh, yeah. of names that I've done. Um, and you know he's like I said he's a legitimate prospect. He's six four two eighty. You know, big guy, um, and you just better call him uh, you know his name, Your Majesty. Your Majesty. I, I'm just imagining in this scenario, somebody like he's playing in a game and. Let's say there's a really nice block. I was going to say a penalty, but there's no penalty here. So, yeah, yeah. He's checking in as an eligible receiver, right? Okay. And somebody's on the call, maybe because the Final Four just happened, it's on my mind, maybe it's Jim Nance. Oh. And we hear Jim Nance have to say, Your Majesty Sanders on live television. That's if you're no matter you know who you are calling. Uh, let's say that, let's say the Jets bring him in as a as a priority for, as an undrafted free agent. Say and, and you know he's uh, going to get in the game during a, a preseason game. If you're announcing uh, that game, you're broadcasting. You're just crossing your fingers that this guy can get in and you have a chance to break that one out. Um, yeah, I, I think that'd be awesome if that happens in the preseason. Okay, we're taking this one step further because the color commentator for the Jets preseason, mm-hmm. the play-by-play guy, yeah. is Ian Eagle. Yeah. And you know that Ian Eagle would be crossing his fingers hoping Your Majesty Sanders yeah. made his way onto the field specifically for a touchdown reception. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it, there's so many different things you could work in. Like, it's just, you know, oh, that was a king block by Your Majesty. I mean, whatever, whatever you want to <laughs> do. Like, you could really have fun, have some fun with it. Yeah, there would definitely be like a crown him moment in there. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Uh Or like, uh, I don't know why. I could just imagine 
your majesty spiking the ball and uh, and something along the lines of like bow down right. your majesty, you know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think there are a lot of options there. You had mentioned one last thing on the all name team. You had mentioned like the obvious names. Who are the obvious names? Because one that stands out to me, which might not even be on the short list, is Osiris Torrance, yeah. guard from Florida. That's a, That's got to be a great name. It is a great name. But there's got to be some other guys that are also in that vein. Yeah, uh, I, I'm trying. I'm looking at my list now. I mean, definitely um, Osiris is a good one, especially for uh, Juice Scruggs. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, but Osiris for like a guard, a big. 340-pound guard like Osiris really fits. That makes sense. Yeah, Juice Scruggs, the center from Penn State. Uh, Juice just, yeah, that, that fits him well. I, I like that one a lot. Um, uh, let's see here. Scrappy Norman's still a good one. I, I, oh, my gosh, I, yeah. I know we spent a lot of time on your majesty, but Scrappy Norman <laughs> yeah. Not to disrespect really Scrappy. Good. Yeah, because he's that, – that, that's a – even though it's Scrappy is more it's, – it's like sauce where it's uh, more of a, a nickname that has stuck. Uh, where Your Majesty is actually his first name. Scrappy's more of a nickname, but it, it's, you know, especially for a corner. You know, it feels like all, all corners have been called Scrappy at one point or another in their careers because yeah. the the way they play. So, uh, I mean, Yaya Diaby from Louisville, that's definitely on the all-name <laughs> team. Uh, and he, he's a good player. Yeah. He might go in the third round. So he's a good player. Yeah, can, can, can we do like a spell a spell check of that right real quick? Yeah, yeah. So Y-A-Y-A. Uh, yeah. last name D I A B Y Diaby. So Yaya Diaby. Uh, that a, is incredible. Oh, it's a great one. That, that is a, that's a lot of fun. And like I said, he's a good player and he, he's a great story too. He was after high school, he was working in the airport. He was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing with the uh, next stage of my life. And, uh, got a call for a workout, a tryout at a Juco goes there and yeah, the rest is history. So, uh, Diaby's see, he's uh, he's a good player and has a chance to uh, get drafted on day two this year. Okay, well, I'm going to save a question for you next week. You kind of led me into it. After The Beast comes out as a teaser to get people to go to The Beast, because I will naturally be going there, along with, I would say, almost half of the United States population, potentially overseas as well, (laughs) you need to tell us, similar to the names, you need to tell us your favorite story. And Yaya Diaby could be as a part of the honorable honorable mentions, but it cannot be Yaya Diaby. And I just said his name twice just to make sure I got it right. (laughs) Anyway, that's how we wrap up this episode, the reset episode of NFL Draft Preview. Dane, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Ethan.